boom, there we go. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 289 of the show. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We did have a lot of fights. If there's a little echo, I'm sorry, as you guys see. Not the normal setup that we have. Uh, we're out of town, but we are still bringing you guys this fire information, this fire content. So on today's menu, we have to talk about Floyd Mayweather versus the Maverick in Logan Paul. So we'll discuss that entire card. We'll also talk about UFC uh, fight night with Biggie Boy <laughs> against uh, Saki and so much more, man. So stay tuned. We got all of that. Hope you guys had a great weekend. As you already know, I am Serge Vicente, the host of the Five Podcast. Hope you guys had an amazing day. Usually, this is morning coffee and fight news. This is afternoon coffee and fight news. So let's go ahead and cheers to that and get us going today. Yeah, as you guys see in my background, it looks like I am at some kind of weird bomb shelter. Uh, I am actually um, I'm I'm at my lady's uh, sister's house. We're actually in New York right now, so we 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 doing a coast to coast. And, uh, unfortunately, our our our, our partner in crime, uh, B Cam uh, Brandon Camille, who is from New York, he is our boxing guru. He doesn't live in New York anymore. He's actually in D.C., but, you know, but we do have some things coming up this week that I think you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy. So we'll talk about that and a lot more. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I don't know how it is wherever you are in the country, but here is fucking hot. I haven't had to deal with some of this, this type of like humidity and heat forever. I've been living in L.A. for the last year and a half. It's beautiful. 75 and sunny yari along. No humidity. Oh, I love it. It's that desert dry heat, and it is rough out here today. I am struggling. You should, you can't imagine how much hairspray I have on my head just to keep this shit down. <laughs> All right, uh, but let, let's not even let's not even waste any more time. This weekend we had Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul, and the fight people ends in a draw. Okay, draw because it was an exhibition. There wasn't a knockout, so. As everyone looks at it, it is there is just no winner, right? So they, they say it's a draw. The guy went to all eight rounds. Um, what are our thoughts? Have so as the question goes, let's say Mayweather versus Paul ends in a draw. Have we actually been finessed? I, I mean, yes. And if for those who don't understand, I mean finessed, what do we get? We were promised entertainment. We were promised action. And when you have somebody like a Logan Paul who doesn't have a background in boxing, yes, he has fights and he has fought in the past in boxing, but he fought fucking KSI. We're talking about Floyd Money Mayweather. So I think a lot of people were anticipating for there just to be just a one-sided ass whooping. Everyone expected there to be a, a finish in this fight. And I'll be very honest with you. So did we get finessed at the end of the day? Yes, we got finessed because... They sold millions of pay-per-views. Well, actually, I don't know how, about millions. I know we will eventually end up seeing the numbers, but they sold a lot, even though Showtime pay-per-view did have some issues. And in fact, a lot of people couldn't even see a big chunk of the main event because there were some streaming issues. So we don't know what's going on there. And when we do find out what happened, we'll absolutely bring it up and talk to you guys about it. But there's that, right? So a lot of people couldn't see it. But some of these matchups where they want is action. You want... Um, you, you want some sort of drama. 
And one thing about Mayweather and some of the exhibition fights that he's had in the past, we'll talk about, for instance, the Tenshin Nesakawa fight that he had in 2018, where he goes out there, there's all the drama, there's all, and he finishes his opponent in the very first round. The other, it wasn't technically an exhibition, but come on, let's just keep it a bean. It was absolutely an exhibition, and that was Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor back in, I believe, 2016 or 17. I'm, I'm blanking on the exact date, but that fight itself, that was technically an exhibition, and there was the drama that we wanted. It was still a prime and, and solid Floyd Mayweather. In this matchup, I don't believe we saw that. We saw a 44-year-old man that used to be really good at boxing finding a big kid that weighs 40 pounds more than he does that's not as good at boxing. So we absolutely saw that. And I think it made it more of a compelling fight. So let, let, let's actually get into this next component of it. Who was the real winner of the fight? Who was the real winner of this matchup? If I'm going on just judging, right? If I was judging if this is a real boxing match, 7-1 or 8-0 Floyd Mayweather. No questions about it, right? But in the grand scheme of things, who won? Let me pull this up. Logan Paul. Logan Paul, in my opinion, people gets the win. And the reason Logan Paul gets the win is because Floyd Mayweather Mayweather was stuck between a rock and a hard place. He could either do one of two things. You can either go out there and knock him out, and then people would say, oh, you know, you're supposed to knock him out. Or he goes the distance, and then people are saying he's washed. And he, I even, dude, I even saw people going online over the last couple days. And Twitter, you, the Twitter world, it is, it is a cesspool of nonsense. I'll be honest with you. Because when we actually saw what was going on there, Floyd Mayweather people did not get exposed. He looked like a 44-year-old man going in there, and he did what he was supposed to do. He dominated the matchups. And if we actually look at it, um, Floyd Mayweather landed 43 out of 107 strikes for 40%. Logan Paul landed 28 out of 217 for 13%. So if we're even looking at the numbers itself, Floyd dominated the numbers. Now, I think there is a bigger issue, and this is why this fight, in my opinion, was it was an entertaining fight. It was boring. And the reason it was boring is because neither man really threw that many punches. Well, we only have an entire fight, 73 punches, strikes landed in a fight. That is not an exciting fight. Logan Paul did everything in his power to go out there and really just survive. He was holding, he was hugging. And I think that, oh, and then let me do this. And I'm going to give Logan a little bit of props, okay? Because he goes out there and I think he performed a lot better than most people anticipated. I'll say that. And and, I, and me personally, I'm not even going to give him that because I'm going to say he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He literally weighs 40 pounds heavier than Floyd. He is six inches taller. And he was able to smother and absorb a lot of Floyd Mayweather shots. Floyd Mayweather did hurt Logan Paul to the body in the fifth round. He even came over the top, buzzed him a couple, couple times. But you can tell Floyd Mayweather is someone who's never really been known as a big puncher. So if he's not somebody who's known as a big puncher and he's not going out there to, to you know, to, to hurt somebody, how is the guy 40 pounds lighter actually going to hurt him? It's not going to happen. So I wasn't surprised that he couldn't get him out of there. Floyd hasn't knocked anybody out. The only reason McGregor got knocked out was because McGregor fatigued. And this is why I want to give Logan some props because Logan came in shape. He was ready to, to put on the show. 
And granted, the only real flurries that he threw was at the end of the very first round. And that's the only time he even looked like he was being competitive. But even in that sequence, he didn't land any strikes. So we had to take that into account. But all in all, if people ask who the real winner of the fight is, it's going to be Logan Paul. Because he's going to have the narrative. And that's the thing. He wins the narrative. He gets to say, I took the greatest boxer ever to eight rounds. He couldn't do nothing with me. I won. He has people like Brendan Schaub walking out there, going to the, the, to the, to his locker room saying, dude, you won the fight. You did phenomenal. He didn't do phenomenal. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say he did a great job. He didn't. He survived. Did he look better than I anticipated he was going to? Sure. Sure. But he wasn't impressive. And no, hell no, he didn't win the fight. But you have people out there creating that narrative. And now you have his brother, the mouthpiece, going out there and sitting there saying, oh, you know, 50 and one. So now you have these trolls that are going out there and being able to really dictate the story. They're able to tell the story because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are the loudest and they're young and they're going to keep coming. And they're always going to say that they beat Floyd Mayweather. Okay, so that's why that is. Is it fair? No. Is it the reality? Absolutely. All right. So. Moving on a little bit. Let me see what I want to. Okay. So will we see Floyd Mayweather in another exhibition fight or is he just washed? I really had to think about this because it's easy for anybody to say he's washed. And Mayweather is in terms of fighting an elite caliber athlete. And one thing that I think he, his prime, because even his Andre Bertrand fight, he had, you had pros sitting there at that point in time saying, Ah, you can see Floyd is, you know, he's definitely dropped a step, but he was still at an elite level. His Floyd Mayweather fight, I'm sure I say his Conor McGregor fight, he was still, he was a little slower, but he can get away with it because he was Floyd. Tenshin Nasukawa, he was still 42 or so years old. He's at the point now that, dude, he's 44 years old. He is visibly slower. He came in heavier than he's ever been in his life. And I think this is just a point in time where even Floyd, after the fight, goes out there and states in the post-fight presser and says, I'm not a 21-year-old kid anymore. What does that tell you? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it tells me. It tells me that he is a man that understands his limitations. And he is in his mind saying, well, look, if I'm having trouble getting Logan Paul out of here, who remember, was dropped. I'm going to say it again. He was dropped by KSI. Who is KSI? I have no fucking clue. He is some gamer YouTube kid, okay? That's all I know about KSI from London or some shit. So you have that. He was dropped by that kid. And Floyd Mayweather really couldn't even ding him in that manner. There's an issue. I think he understands that. He was also a big kid. So is he washed in terms of an elite athlete? Yes, Floyd Mayweather is washed. I think Floyd Mayweather also understands his limitations. So to answer the question, I'll be very honest with you guys. I do not believe that we will see Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition match again. I don't. Because where else? What other name is going to drum up enough interest if it isn't one of the Paul kids? And after this one, you fought the Paul brother that wasn't very good and you got to a draw. What would have happened if you have the other kid in there? He might have hit you. He might have dropped you because he's that big. And I know that sounds crazy for me to say because we're talking about Floyd Mayweather and fucking Jake Paul. But this past fight wasn't the fight. Now, 
will Jake Paul versus Floyd Mayweather actually be it should I say Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley be a fight? That I actually think is gonna be a fight. That is a fight that I think is actually going to be entertaining because I think Tyron Woodley is closer to, even though he is not in his prime in terms of MMA, he is still closer to as his athletic prime that he can go in there against a guy that isn't as skillful as him and still put on a good performance in boxing. So we'll see how that ends up going. But is Floyd washed? Yes. Are we going to see him again? I highly, highly, highly doubt it. Um, Hope you guys are all enjoying everybody who's watching live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch. I appreciate you guys. Remember, listen to the Fight Podcast everywhere. Podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. Listen, like, subscribe, share. Thank you guys. Hey, you guys want to know about the greatest combat sports in the entire universe? Your friends love combat sports. Let them know about the show today. All right. Um, let's move right along a little bit. And I do have to ask this question. And, I, and, I, and if anybody's in the comments, I would love to know what you guys think as well about this. But how much longer can these type of exhibition sideshow events actually last? And at first, it's really easy because I and I've said this about the Paul brothers before. I was like, there is absolutely a lane for this type of nonsense. There has always been this in combat sports all the way down. Muhammad Ali did these type of matchups. Um, shit, Floyd's done this with the big show in the past. There's always been in combat sports, this pro wrestling theater aspect to it that we always get because it is sports entertainment, but we always have to understand that it is absolutely sports entertainment. But can this matchup, these specific type of matchups with Floyd's and the, and the Paul's, can this last? And I'll be very honest with you. I, I don't know. And I don't even want to say I don't know. I'm going to say I don't think so. Because what is it that people want in these matchups? They want competition and they want excitement. They want entertainment. Yo, look at me in my face, directly in my eyes, and tell me that that fight was entertaining. Look at me in my face and dead ass tell me that that was a fight that you would pay to watch again. Fam. That matchup was one of those people were saying, did we all win or did we all lose? Yo, we all took an L watching that. Anybody who paid for it, you took an L. That entire card be, between the, the rain going everywhere and having to take pauses in between the, the, the matchups, the empty stadium that aesthetically looked terrible like Miami. I know y'all understood what time this fight started. How come nobody showed up until the end of the Mayweather fight? Terrible. It looked terrible. The aesthetics looked awful. And if you look at what's going on, I don't believe that people are really going to drum up to be excited to do this again. Now, do I think that we'll be able to get a, some excitement out of Logan Paul versus, or should I say Jake Paul versus Woodley? Yes, I do. And they can stack those cards. And you can tell they do a good job of trying, trying to go ahead and and, and put real fights amidst, amongst, amongst the nonsense. You had Ocho Cinco to, to kick the card off. You had Bobby Jack fighting some bum because Stevenson decided to take all the, the steroids. And then you also have, um, uh, what's it called? Then we, then we have in the fight that we are going to talk about, which is the Louis Adias versus uh, Jared Hurd. So they're putting those type of matchups in there, which is a great thing. So we're seeing these matchups 
But can we headline it? I, I generally don't believe we can if we're not getting competitive fights. This wasn't a competitive fight. If we're not getting competitive fights, people are not going to continue paying to see them. So to me, I, I think this is, I mean, we already seen the trailers going down the shitter. I don't care if they just signed Jim Lampley. Yes. Twitter has just signed Jim Lampley, not Twitter, Triller has signed Jim Lampley, the former um, boxing analyst and host of HBO uh, uh, Boxing. So they have that coming up. I, but I still don't believe this, this business model is actually sustainable long term. But all right, let, let's, let's keep with this card. Let's talk about Jared Hurd versus Luis Arias, who gets a win. Luis Arias wins via split decision. And uh, and this is what I'm saying. I know most times on Mondays we talk MMA. People, MMA wasn't the big event this weekend. It was absolutely Floyd Mayweather in this event here. So unfortunately, we're going to talk about all this first. But we are, like I said, stay tuned. We will be talking about the UFC fight night, Jardinia Rosenstrike versus Augusto Sakai. We will talk about that in a couple minutes. Um, everybody who's listening live, thank you guys for checking us out on the Fight Podcast. So, um, Luis Adias goes out there and gets, wins a split decision against Jared Hurd. What went wrong for Jared Hurd? I'm going to tell you guys what went wrong, Jared Hurd. Okay, I, I've said this time and time again, and I'm not changing my, 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 uh, my stance on this. I don't think Jared Hurd has a very high fight IQ. Jared Hurd fights like a doof. He walks downhill. He, his defense is his face. He gets hit with every shot, and he doesn't adapt. He's just hoping that he can take. He has a, a strong enough chin that he can absorb as much punishment and end up, you know, knocking you out in the long run. It almost worked. He even won one of the cards. I didn't have it even being that close. I had Luis Arias essentially dominating a big chunks of the fight. I had Arias winning the first five rounds pretty cleanly, easily. Um, I think Jared Hurd ended up winning the sixth and seventh rounds. I think seven, eight. I think I'll give back to IDS. But I, it, to me, it wasn't even a close matchup. Jared Hurd absolutely um, was a champion at 154. He, he was wanting to fight Jermell Charlo. You don't want that smoke, son. I'm be very honest with you. Jermell Charlo knocks his face off. Jermell Charlo is a top, a legitimate, a legitimate top 10 pound for pound boxer. I have talked trash about boxing for the last about month. Nobody not named Canelo Alvarez actually has a resume with more than five elite individuals in their record. They have not fought. How is it possible that you have 30 fucking fights and you've only fought three or four elite athletes and then you have the audacity to sit there and call yourself a pound for pound great? Hell no. And I'll say it again. Hell no. You are not. Okay. So, but in terms of Jamel Charlo, he is somebody that actually has that. He has a great fight coming up to actually be a, 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 a undisputed champion at 154 pounds, which is stacked. I fuck with Jamel Charlo, but I'm telling you right now, Jerry Hurd, that's a fight that he wanted. He wanted a rematch with J-Rock, the man who actually took his crown. He is farther away from that now. And I'd say this, Luis Arias, the guy that is a, a veteran in the game, somebody who didn't even know he wanted to continue fighting. He's got back in the ring. He is a Money Mayweather team member. He goes out there. He put on a hell of a performance. It was gutsy. He didn't gas. He was throwing bombs. He, he had some, some moments of, of real, real um, stress where he, he was cut. 
He was stunned. He was dropped by a couple, you know, nut shots. He went out there and put a fantastic, fantastic performance on by far. This was the fight of the night. Salute to Luis Arias for going out there and putting on a great performance and beating Jared Hurd. What does Jared Hurd do from here? I mean, look, it's back to the drawing board. It really is. Um, I hope that he gets a new team. I hope that he makes adjustments because I actually believe this kid is talented. I just don't think he has a really fight high IQ. I just don't. Um, speaking of somebody who actually surprised me <laughs> in this matchup was, dude, what were my thoughts on Chad Ochocinco? I saw a lot of people talking shit online. I saw a lot of people um, looking at it because uh, Ochocinco did get dropped in the fourth round. About a minute left in the fight, he ends up getting dropped by the journeyman Brian Maxwell. Brian Maxwell is 0-3 in bare knuckle FC. He is 0-1 in his pro boxing career, but he is a combat sports athlete who has done this for a very long time. Chad Oshosinko, nine-time pro bowler uh, in the NFL, used to play obviously for Cincinnati Bengals and a couple other teams that don't even matter at this point in time. Um, he has been an avid, long, long, a lifelong boxing fan and trained. He has trained with the Charlo brothers for this matchup. He, he went out here, and I'll be very honest with you, he impressed me. I'll say it again. He legitimately impressed me. He went out there and proved that, one, he is, to this day, a super athlete that can do whatever the hell he wants to do. He won three out of those four rounds, and he was winning the last round up until he ended up getting dropped. So I still have him winning the fight. It was an exhibition, so they didn't name a winner. But people, he won. Now, this is for everybody who wants to go out there. And I, and I was looking at Twitter, the cesspool that that is, and social media, and everybody was talking shit. My question to all those people talking trash, comparing him to, to Nate Robinson and comparing what he did, you cannot compare him to Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson had no clue what he was doing in there. Chad Johnson showed well for himself. He went, I'm sorry, Ocho Sink, I'm not going to disrespect the man. He went out there, he showed well for himself. He showed a very great jab, great jab, a popping, snappy jab, solid footwork, um, a couple great straight lefts coming right down the pipe that really uh, rocked Maxwell. He had Maxwell rocked with a couple of different shots, some pretty decent, you know, right hand check hooks. Beautiful, beautiful, a really fun performance. Was it perfect? Fuck no, it wasn't perfect. But he's 44 years old and he's never done this before. I was blown away by him. I was so happy and excited for him. He should absolutely be proud. For those who was talking trash, yo, my question to you is, have you ever been in the ring? Have you ever put anything on the line? He went out there with all this celebrity, all of his, his popularity, and he put it on the line, especially knowing what happened and how people have killed Nate Robinson over the last year. He knew what the chances were, and he still put it on the line. Nobody else is willing to do that. So... I have nothing bad to say about Chad Ochocinco. I'm proud of him. Salute to you, my brother. That That is a phenomenal performance. Good for you, man. I love that shit. It made me so happy to see it. It really did. It was a lot of fun. And so what? He got fucking dropped. It's a fight. It's a fight. Dude, Ryan Garcia get dropped. You know what I'm saying? People get dropped. It happens. I'm not even going to talk about Ryan Garcia right now. I got beef with him. We'll talk about that later on this week when we have B-Cam, the guru, uh, back on the show. All right. Uh, moving right along. Everybody who's listening live, watching live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. Thank you guys so much for checking us out on the Fight Podcast today. Let us go ahead and look. This is Afternoon Coffee and Fight News. We It's right now 
you know, in the afternoon here, we are in New York, New York, New York, man, love it out here. Uh, got the fam of all in New York is my, my third favorite city. It's my third favorite city. It used to be my second favorite city for the longest time, man. But uh, ever since I've, I've moved to LA and been, been there, that LA's turned into my second favorite city. Hometown, Chi Town is number one. Number two, we have to say, is LA. Number three is New York. I love these cities. So I'm excited to be here. You know, New York's always showing me some love. So appreciate you guys. All right. Uh, let me take my little sip of cafe. All right. Hope, uh, let me know in the comments if I sound all right and everything. Hope there's no crazy echo or anything. I know you got me in here in the bomb shelter today, but uh, we're going to bring you this fire-ass content. All right. Let's move right along. We did have some MMA action this past weekend. We had Jardino Rosenstrike going out there against um, Agostu Sakai in his matchup um, on UFC Fight Night. That was actually at the uh, UFC Apex Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, this was a matchup against two, I say up and coming guys in, in the weight class. Uh, heavyweights are, are full of dinosaurs. Most of these guys are in their late 30s to even their 40s. These are two guys that once 30, once 33 years old, um, some young, really young lions within the weight class that a lot of people, especially Sakai, people are very high on and could have even had him as, you know, a possible title challenger in the near future. This was a highly anticipated matchup um, for, for those who were in the know. And it was exciting to watch two big power punching dudes um, in just massive individuals. Jorginho Rosenstrike goes out there and does what he does. Four minutes, 59 seconds into the very first round, he lands a shot that honestly didn't even look like it really landed. And it drops Kai. He finishes the fight with a second left on the clock in the very first round. He moves on. He ends up getting, you know, getting himself up and going. Love what I saw. Um, a lot of fun. Good fight. Good win by, uh, by Biggie Boy. What's next for him? After the fight, he goes out there and he calls out Curtis Razor Blades. Curtis Blades, as we know, lost his last fight to Derek Lewis. But how was that in terms of a matchup and a callout? I love it. I think it was a perfect matchup by Biggie Boy, and I actually think it's a matchup that the UFC will actually make. Why do I think they'll actually make that matchup? Well, quite simple. It makes sense in terms of the rankings. Curtis Blades is very high ranked. He was supposed to get the next shot at the title if he got past Derrick Lewis, and unfortunately, his man, he wasn't able to do that. So he gets his next big win. He can get back on it. But with Biggie Boy, somebody that if he went out there and beat Francis Ngannou, at the end of 20, middle of 2020, he might actually be in that place. So this is a fight with title implications. This is a possibly number one or number two contender spot. And um, and I think it is a perfect matchup. I love it. Let's do Jorginho Rosenstrike versus Curtis Razor Blades. Dope. Also on this card, um, we have Waltz Harris versus Marcin Tybora. Marcin Tybora has been on a tear recently. He's won four out of his last five. He just finished Greg Hardy. Now he goes out there. In the first round, he finishes Walt Harris. Man, Walt Harris, I feel bad for him. He really did look good in this matchup. He, he was, um, in the beginning, he looked explosive. He looked powerful. He looked like he was hurting Tybora. But the moment Tybora got him on the ground, he put my man to a spin cycle, ends up getting the finish, ends up getting the win in the very first round. Um, unfortunately for Walt Harris, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I generally do not. Uh, he, ended, I believe, has lost three or four in a row at this point in time. 
he might end up being cut. I'll be very honest with you. And I feel bad for him, especially because as we know what happened to him and the loss of the life of, um, of his daughter, or should I say of his stepdaughter, it, it's sad. You, he's a good, he's one of the good guys in the sports. So you want to see good for him, but unfortunately he's not winning. I don't know if he needs to change the scenery in terms of his team or the, the, the quality of the opponents in the UFC at this point in time are just too good for him. It's a possibility. Are they just too good for him at this point in time? So we will end up seeing, but it is what it is. Now, let me talk about my fight of the night. And honestly, not even fight of the night. Yo, this is arguably a fight of the year candidate. We had the return of Ponzinibbio, Santiago Ponzinibbio, and my favorite up-and-coming guy, Puerto Rico's very own, trains out of Florida. We are talking about Miguel Baeza. This was a great fight. It went back and forth. Miguel Baeza was, was sharp, and he dominated the first round. Big leg kicks. He was really looking. He was hurt. He looked like he was a step ahead of um, Santiago Ponzinibbio. But Santiago Ponzinibbio, somebody who has won eight out of his last nine fights, he had to take two years off because of injuries and staph infection and a couple of other things in the pandemic. He came back last year, ended up getting finished in a, in a fight, but now he is back. And he goes out there and fights an undefeated prospect, 10 and 0, and ends up getting a dogfight win. Wins unanimous decision, 29 28. And, uh, and after watching the fight, at first watch, I had Miguel Baeza winning. Maybe it was a little bit biased, but after watching it again, the, the power of Santiago Ponzinibbio, in my opinion, really won him the matchup. He was able to dictate where the fight was taking place, especially in the back half of the fight. He definitely won the third round. And the first, and even though he was definitely hurt in the, in the beginning of the second round, what's the lasting impression in the judge's mind? Those big power shots that was really hurting um, Miguel Baeza in the second round. I understand why they gave it to him. I would not have been mad at a draw. It was not a robbery in any stretch of the imagination. It was a great fight. The return of Santiago Ponzinibbio, somebody who trains out of American top team, somebody who is arguably one of the best guys. Remember, he was rated number six before he ended up getting hurt and all those illnesses that stopped him from fighting for two and a half years. He is now back. He is the same guy. He is, he, you can sell this dude because he is actually, he does all the co color commentary for the UFC's Latin American audience, him and Chito Vera. I love this. He is somebody that they can literally strap a rocket ship on if they really want to. He is tough. He is powerful. He has great takedown defense. He is strong. He is somebody that we will ask if he's as long as he stays healthy, they're absolutely going to have to reckon with this dude in a very, very near future. Great win by Santiago Ponzinibbio. And for Miguel Baeza, it's still a great performance. He goes out there. He performed his tail off. It, it didn't, you didn't win. That's totally fine. And that's one thing, again, here's, here go my damn soapbox on my shit talk about boxing. I don't care if you lose if you're fighting elite fighters. Because at the end of the day, if you fight the best in the world, you're going to lose sometimes. That's just what happens. That is just what happens. You take losses and that is okay. And that, that, that's how we see the best. If we wrote fighters off after a couple of losses, we would not have seen the development and the growth of Charles Oliveira. We would have never seen that. He would have never been champion if we just wrote his ass off when he got knocked out by Cub Swanson way back in the day in Chicago. We would have never, we would have never given him an opportunity. So the fact that, you know, somebody like Miguel Baeza, who is a stud of a prospect, 
He took an L. He's going to learn a lot from this. And I'm telling you right now, I would fucking hate to be the guy who has to fight him next. Great win by Santiago Ponzinibbio. I'm so happy to see him get back on the right track. Um, Miguel Baez, keep your head up. Amazing performance by you too, kid. Love it. All right, guys. Um, but with that being said, look, I'll be honest with you. That's about the time we have for today. I want to get a good quick hitter for you guys. Like I said, I'm out here in the dungeon because uh, we're out in, uh, in New York right now. Um, now, really quick, what is coming up this week? This week in the World MMA, big pay-per-view this weekend. We have Israel Adesanya going against Marvin Vittori. That is a pay-per-view event. We'll be talking about that this, this uh, weekend. So this week, we have Brothers in Combat. We'll be doing that tomorrow with my brother Darnell Giovanni of Mystic Black. He has actually been doing all the work. He's been down there in Miami covering the Floyd Mayweather fights. We'll be talking to him about that as well. Um, tomorrow also we'll have coming on the show, not on Brothers of Combat, but on the Fight Podcast, we'll have the guru, B-Cam, will be coming on the show. We'll be talking all things boxing. Not only will we be talking about this, we'll talk about Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence Jr. and everything else in the world of boxing. We have coming up this week as well, we have Ak from Ak and Barak coming on the show. Uh, talk about everything that's going on with Canelo, everything that's going on with all the zone, um, what's going on with Eddie Hearns. We'll discuss that. And then on Saturday this week as well, what we're going to end up doing is with Darnell Giovanni of Mystic Black and Brothers in Combat. We are going to go ahead, and as we did before on our um, IG Live, we're going to have our pre-show, our UFC pre-show, and we have some special guests coming on that you guys are not going to want to miss. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. We'll be uh, letting you guys know about all of it on social media. Um, but without further ado, this is Sergey Center, the host of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. This is episode 289. Everybody who's watching live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, I appreciate you guys. Uh, remember, fightpodcast.com. Listen, like, subscribe, share. Love you guys. I'll see you next time right here on Fight Podcast.